0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk, my name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker joining me in studio today on this wonderful Saturday, would you say morning, mid-morning brunch? Brunch here, yeah, brunch, brunch. I brunch-ish. love brunch. It's about 11 o'clock, so uh, yeah, we're uh, going to bring a great show to you as we near trade deadline. We uh, we really want to sink our teeth into all the players that may be available, at least uh the ones we think will be available. You never know. There uh, there has been players who you thought would never get dealt, and they're, away they go at the deadline. They're gone. But uh, we think we're starting to see, especially in the Eastern Conference, a, a picture starting to form of the teams that are in playoff contention and the teams that are not. And uh, that gap seems to be widening by the day. And so I, I think that in the Eastern Conference, it's a little bit easier to, to target those teams, whereas in the West – even a team like the Oilers, who are third last in the conference, are still v- like vying and they're they're pushing for a playoff spot. So uh, maybe some teams that we're not quite sure if they're buyers or sellers. But mainly in this, we're going to focus on the players. And uh, before we you know, dive into some speculation, why don't we break down the most recent trade that happened? Was it yesterday that this happened? It was yesterday. Yeah. Why don't you right uh, around noon tell yeah let's let's see your first thought on pittsburgh's trade with the florida panthers where Bugstad and jared mccann head to pittsburgh and then riley sheehan and derek brassard along with a second round pick and two fourth round picks one of those belonging to the minnesota wild uh what were your first thoughts when you saw this trade they
1: finally got a first or a third round or a th- third round, a third line center that actually likes to play a little rough, you know, a little little hard nosed in the corners behind the the goal line, which is what they wanted. They want a guy who can win draws and you know likes to play that grind out game, and uh, they got it in Bucstadt. He's a big body guy and he's not afraid to to do the dirty work, which is what they want because they got enough finesse guys on those top six lines. You know, I think Broussard never really fit that mold of what they wanted out of a third line center, and they got it now in Bukestad.
0: Yeah, my one concern is that is Bukestad a center? Right, because Bukestad's played quite a bit on the wing in Florida. Uh, I th- I think he really is a true like you can put him on the wing. He can also play center. I don't think that he's a center who can also play the wing. I think he's the other way around, and so that that may be the the tricky part. Uh, but I I do think that. You know he's he's good enough to where he can slot in there, and you also have Jaron McCann, who is a nice center as well, and and really has some upside to him. And so uh, uh, the trade, though, you you immediately went onto Twitter, you you attacked it, <laughs> and you said, you know, Bressard, I, I don't think that Bressard will stay in Florida. And then it was funny because I think it was I don't know Dreger or McKenzie, one of those two guys, mm-hmm. actually tweeted after you did and said, you know, don't be surprised if Broussard is flipped for something else. And so uh, kudos to that. You, you knew before the big boys Yeah, there it is. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, what? Why, why do you think that Broussard will be dealt as opposed to maybe try to sign him to an extension? Well, my biggest
1: thought after seeing that was he, he's going to go in the Florida being a third-line center because, you know, they've got Barkov and Trocek, and those two guys aren't going anywhere because – well let's face it they're fantastic they put up the points they do their they do their work and as long as they're healthy you know they're a fantastic one and two center to have um so Broussard's not jumping either one of those two guys in the depth chart so why would he want to hang around in Florida and be a third line center and I think he obviously probably wouldn't resign um and I don't think Florida wants to resign him because I've already heard rumblings about two of the guys we'll talk about here in the uh the rumors rumorville uh coming up but so, I, I honestly think that Florida's going to want to try to hit a, a quick reset button by getting some either, you know, depth talent or maybe, you know, some prospects, picks
0: back. Yeah, some so. like mid, mid-level prospects. Yeah. I think he got a second-round pick and something else for Broussard. Now, Shahan, fantastic.
1: I think he'd be a great fourth-line center for them. I think he'd work out quite well. And he's played some wing, too, in his time, so he can
0: always go Yeah, I it. mean, those bottom six guys are, are relatively interchangeable, especially guys that you would deem a fourth-line guy. Right. Um, yeah, he's not he's not really too important, I don't think, in the future of the Florida Panthers. But uh, yeah, Derek Brassard, I think he'll be flipped. It sounds like uh, the Florida Panthers GM Dale Talon coming out saying we've now freed up a lot of cap space for the off season. and so uh, that that is interesting. And, and so why don't we from there? Why don't we go into our first? Player, we're just going to go right for the right for the big guns, the jugular. Let's talk our Temmy Panarin because we know our Temmy Panarin wants to be on the ocean. He said that, yes. And so the Florida Panthers, ding ding ding, Miami. Uh, I can't think of too many teams in the National Hockey League that offer a better beach scene than the Florida Panthers. And uh, so, how, however, of course, we're you know we're also told New York, Montreal. There's there's other teams that are vying for his interests. Um, whether or not he gets traded at the deadline is a whole nother thing. Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like the Panthers are gonna—they're not gonna try and trade for Panarin here. I, I think that they're probably maybe playing the long game, hoping that Columbus hangs on to him Ooh. here in the if for the for the playoffs. You know, yeah, that's their uh, rental, and and then he's able to go sign somewhere, and they. You know, offer him 13 million a year and 13 good God. you, you think that he's going to go for less than the top like he's he's going to go for the big like John Tavares type of money without the discount no i think John Tavares type money is totally
1: reasonable but i think too if 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 florida is a real contender here to sign him in the offseason they've also got that whole no state tax thing going on, you know. That's true. So that's true. They that, might
0: they might be able to figure out a way to. Right. Get so you can him wiggle a little, and, and, yeah, and maybe pay him eleven where he, yeah, of course. Right. That is a good point. Uh, and if I mean, yeah, not yeah. to interrupt, sorry, but
1: how many other teams do you know where you get to play with a off or Trocheck? Right, there's not a lot of teams that have the cap space and two top tier centers to play and with. What is
0: the so. advantage of being a winger? In free agency, is that you can go and you can you can look and say, all right, who are who's my center going to be? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're a center, I think teams are thinking, oh, we want this guy to like if we want to put him with a couple players who would maybe not normally be top line guys, we expect him to turn those guys into them, right? You know, and so I, I think with Artemi Panarin, he really is in a unique position, and I think he will consider who the centers are. It's why I don't see him going to New York and playing with the Rangers or the Islanders because. I, I just I don't see the center depth. Same with Montreal. I look and I go, why Why would you want to go to Montreal and no. play with? I mean, Kanyemi looks like he'll be fine, but I. When you have these other options to go and play with some crazy high end centers, and you can be this incredible one two punch uh, on the same line. I mean, we we've seen it in Colorado. We've seen it in uh, in multiple teams where you have this great top line. I mean, Tyler Sagan, Jamie, Ben, Alex Radulov, like it works putting three really high end players together and it can almost carry an entire team. So maybe he's looking and he says, I want to go play with the best center that I can play with in a beach city. Yeah, that would be
1: nice. I do think though, I am still leaning towards him getting dealt at the deadline because I I do think, Aaron ultimately you know he's already come out and said that we're not discussing contracts till after the season right right right. so I think if you're Columbus you have to really tread lightly if you if you honestly believe you have a shot because let's face it they took Washington to game three overtime to almost get up get up three games to none in that first round matchup last year so if you're Columbus you have to be honest with yourself and say hey do we do we think we have a legit shot at the cup because honestly when I look at other teams in that conference ideally Tampa Bay and Toronto, I think they probably don't have the scoring depth to keep up with those teams. But can your goaltending and defense keep you in those games?
0: The fact that they've lost four in a row, they're three points away from being out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's even scarier. uh, I mean, this just doesn't look like a team that is... I, I think this team's a mess. I think that this team all year has been operating on this OL is... It is our, our two best players about to leave. Right. And so and that's that's a difficult place to be especially when those two players aren't really doing much to to help. Right. At least from the outside that's how it appears. You know, there's there's some guys like for the Islanders last year I I know it was a distraction, but you got this feeling that Tavares tried to like you know, I, I don't. I don't want you to think that I'm leaving, kind of thing. And and I, I don't think that he he wanted to stay and was ultimately convinced to leave. Whereas Panarin wants to leave, right? But Bobrovsky, I think, is on the fence. I think there's a chance that we'll we'll just we'll move on. We'll talk about Bobrovsky too. We'll just lump them together. I think that there's a chance that Bobrovsky stays. I mean, he's he's been there his whole career, outside of a few years and a couple years in Philadelphia, and so to me, it's it's a good situation for him. But if you were going to stay, why not just sign that extension? At you know when you could, if frankly his value was higher when he could have signed that extension. So you know that's that's the other you know that's a whole other topic is. You're coming up for an extension. You could become an unrestricted free agent. Do you bet on yourself and play that whole next year and hope you hit a home run? Or do you go, you know, I'm taking the safe money. I'm signing this deal and we can deal, you know, that's fine if I get a little less money and I dominate and I maybe could have gotten an extra million, whatever. But what happens if teams go, hmm. Yeah, no, you're aging. I mean, he's not getting a Carey Price contract now. He might have gotten one last year. Yeah, close to probably it. Probably like, could have given like a ten million one. kind of deal. But I don't think you're paying him ten million now. I think you're probably paying him eight. Yeah, if that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because let's face it, a lot of teams at the top that are going to be playoff contenders next year, they're not really looking for goaltenders. There's not a lot of top contending teams that need one right now. I think maybe outside of Philadelphia, who could use a veteran guy to you know take over for hard if for some reason next year. He doesn't really you know have as true. much success but other than that there's not i mean maybe carolina and those are really the only other teams that i, I see where they're like okay we could use a starting goaltender and we have the money to pay so yeah,
0: yeah that's true okay well let's uh we'll get, we'll get off the the columbus schneid here uh it's a i think that it's definitely the most interesting situation in the league and as we have what Twenty-two days until deadline. Is it twenty fourth, twenty fifth, something like that? Yeah, twenty fifth. And so, twenty three days. So, as uh, as these next three weeks unfold, it'll be interesting to see because this could really change the landscape of not just the conference but the league. You know, if he gets sent to the west side, you know, I I know everything's been Eastern Conference in terms of the teams that he would go to, but I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that a team that is Maybe he doesn't think they could sign him, but uh, maybe they can bring him in, and he's really the piece that puts them over the top. I, I don't know. Uh, let's go Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues who okay. have who have struggled like uh, like crazy, but you know, they're, they're still in the thick of it. They are still in the thick of it, only three points out and a game in hand on Colorado. Uh, so it's definitely not over for them, although they have three other teams to jump. Specifically, let's just... Uh, tip our caps to the Arizona Coyotes who are 6-2-2 in their last 10 and have been playing very well have gotten themselves back to 500 and are only two points out of a playoff spot so we thought they were dead in the water once again and they're having a nice second half of the season so uh, out of any all these teams out of the playoffs right now Arizona is the team that I, I think you picked them to make the did you pick them in the I did playoffs? Pick them. Yeah, to be yeah. a bubble team at the beginning of the year. So yeah. I mean, I, I just I think that everything seems to be coming together for them. Finally, you know, their younger players are are finding their stride, and I think that the the move to uh, to trade Dylan Strome for whatever reason had some pressure taken off of other guys around in the organization, and so I, I just think overall you're you're seeing some uh, some good play out of them, and it's without. Anti-Ranta, right. so it's uh, not what we expected. Okay, so let's go Colton Pareko. Uh, where do you expect him to end up? Now that the Leafs have acquired Jake Muzzin, I, I don't think that the Leafs are are a, a candidate, although I think the Leafs would have liked to, to have Pareco because he's a right-handed shot. Right, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's... Give your uh, give your predictions as to where he ends up, and that could be St. Louis too. Me, maybe it is St. Louis. It yeah. is okay. It is.
1: Yeah, I think he. I mean, he's got three years left after this season at five and a half million dollars. So, if you're a team that's in playoff contention that could really use a top four, top two guy, you're thinking, okay, well, we got to have the cap space to keep him, you know, for the next few years, and. um you know, there's really the only team I, I could see right now in playoff contention that could really use a guy for the next few years might be Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Vegas. You could throw their name in there too, but I, th- I think both those teams are okay where they are defensively. Um, you know, Dallas, of course, they're in the bottom. I mean, they're one of the better teams in the league in terms of goals against for some reason. I mean, I mean last year was complete opposite, but sure they flipped a script and same goes with the Islanders. But um, yeah, they actually are are
0: second in the league and goals against behind the Islanders. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't think Dallas is really, I think of anything Dallas wants to bring in scoring depth because they need it badly more than any other playoff team right now. Um, So, yeah, I, I honestly think he stays put just for the fact that he's got a couple years left on his deal after this. And I think, honestly, St. Louis with them making a push right now for the playoffs, why would you want to get rid of, you know, a guy like that right now at this point, if you legitimately think you're going to get in, because let's face it, I think a lot of it depends on the play of Jake Allen. Um, Bingington's been awesome as a backup, but how long is that success going to sustain itself? Because at some point, if you do make the playoffs, you have to rely on Jake Allen. I don't think they go to Bingington in the playoffs. I
0: think they will. You think they will? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. You're going to ride the guy who's hot, right? And who's actually played well. And Jake Allen, this isn't like it's a slump. This is... This is Jake Allen. Oh, for sure. For yeah. whatever reason, he, you know, what he showed when Brian Elliott was there, uh, after Brian Elliott left, he has just not been the same. And and you know maybe it has something to do with some of the changes that the league has made—the smaller equipment and yeah. the shorter behind the net—and I mean, he's just not reading things the same way. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, just it seems like this is the Jake Allen that you're going to get. He's a backup goaltender. Yeah, legit. That's just how it is. Uh I you know, if there's a team out there that is in in a position to trade for a pareco and and could really I, I think put their organization in a great spot. I'm looking at the Buffalo Sabres. This isn't Ooh. based on any actual like rumor that I've been no, hearing no, no. or anything, but the Buffalo Sabres, you know, right now they're three points out of the playoffs. Okay. I mean, making the playoffs this year of course, is always the goal, but I don't think it was the expectation for the Buffalo Sabres. It was that they would contend for a playoff spot. And they, I mean, they were you know top three in the division. They were actually, I believe, leading the division at one point, or not not leading, but they were second in the division. They jumped Toronto for a hot second. And uh, now they, they've kind of fallen back down to earth. They're three and seven in their last 10. Lost seven to three to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think that that's, a telling score uh, when you consider that a team that struggled to score is lighting you up. Uh, it To me, the Buffalo Sabres weakness is their back end. You know, despite Rasmus Dallin really like what Rasmus Dallin's been able to do and obviously is going to continue to grow. A defenseman, you're not expecting him to come in and win the Norris in the first year or the second, like a Connor McDavid comes in and, and wins the Art Ross' second year. Uh, but I, I think that within three or four years, he'll he'll be in that position. But you could maybe bring in somebody who can help to to really calm that back end. And uh, you know outside of Dallin, outside of Ristolainen, there's not a whole lot back there. Zach Bogosian's fine, but I think he's it's preferable that he sits on the the bottom pairing. And so, I th- I think that Colton Preco would be a great fit there. And St. Louis needs some infusion of forward depth. And uh, and some younger forwards, and they have they have you know I know Buffalo, and another the other thing is that Buffalo and St. Louis just made a trade in the off season, so you know they have a relationship, and I I think that trade's worked out well for both teams, uh, outside of the whole uh, Berglund thing, <laughs> Berglund disaster, but I I think that Berglund was just, he wasn't really obviously the 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 main piece of that deal, but uh, I I think Buffalo would be. In a much better position with a Pareko, and they could give up. I mean, you're not going to give up stat or anything like that. Maybe send Connor Sheary back the other way. I see. I, yeah, you you could do that. I just I don't know if Connor Sheary is a player that St. Louis is looking at and, and drooling over. No, yeah, no. I, I think it does need to be somebody who who you value as an organization. Uh, but I also think that. You're not going to give a middle stat. You're not going to, you know, maybe a Sam Reinhardt. Maybe Alexander Nylander. Nieland, Although Sam Reinhardt has looked much, much better. But yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. But
1: Alexander Nylander, maybe?
0: Yeah, and Alex Nielander is interesting because, I mean, that would be, of course, St. Louis would be taking a chance on him because he hasn't really, he was not made the NHL. And so that, I don't know if that would be enough to get the, to get the job done, but... Yeah, I mean, there's there are so they do have some some interesting options, uh, whereas some some other teams may not be as willing to to deal some of their younger guys because Buffalo does have quite a few young young players, and so it does give them the option to maybe package some of those for a defenseman, which would put them in a better spot. And we've talked about Colton Preko for like eight minutes now, so has it really been? <laughs> I don't know. So let's go to uh, Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, which it's interesting that his name is is up there now uh, because the capitals have been doing so well and yet he is on the trade block because uh, you know a I don't think that he's being he's he's not getting the kind of ice time that he wants uh, and also you know they they got to move out guys as they have to pay guys so where do you think an Andre Barakovsky goes but also what do you think that the capitals are looking for in return I think the Capitals
1: honestly would prefer to get a roster player, somebody they can inject right away. And when I when I say a roster player, I think they want somebody that can play third line minutes for them. Because like we talked about, Barakowski, he he's better suited i think he wants to be in a top six role right whether or not he's ready for that or he has the talent to do that i'm still a little unclear about because again what i've seen of him in washington shows maybe he's he has spurts where you're like oh man this guy's got such good talent he could definitely be a top six but then he has moments where you're like okay this guy should not be playing top six anywhere but
0: yeah he's got 12 points in 45 games yeah
1: so So. little flashes but um so for me i think you know one of the, the the reasons Washington was so successful last year is they were getting, especially in the playoffs, was they were getting a lot of scoring depth out of their bottom six. You know, you had Brett Conley, uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly, these guys, Lars Eller, that really stepped up when the top six wasn't getting it going. And I think that's what they're definitely looking for if they're trying to move Andre Barakovsky. Now, you're going to have to find a team that, you know, again, could use him in terms of, you know, maybe, you know, down the road we might be able to... To turn him into a top six forward we still believe he has that ability that talent um so what what kind of team is that who would that be um boy you know i i honestly think that maybe you could swing a deal with a team like uh the new york rangers for example right mm. a team looking to you know revamp their lineup they have some pieces that are maybe you know they're looking to move at the deadline because let's face it i don't think they're they're getting in at this point um so maybe a guy like kevin hayes right a guy who could really go in there and inject a lot of scoring ability into their third line i mean obviously you're gonna have to send something more back to new york but
0: that's a good starting point for me so yeah i mean to me i don't think he gets dealt no i'm gonna say that Because he's making three million. I mean, his. uh, Do you think he's worth three million? No, but as an RFA, right? So Um, I guess as an RFA, you have to. You're you're gonna in order to uh, you you have to give him an like a give him a like mat you know a offer sheet sheet. right? Well, I'm not talking about other teams. I'm talking about the Capitals. Like there's that uh, the the certain amount that you can just you're you put your stamp on the guy and you say yeah. I mean, we're gonna. What's that called? Why am I blanking on that? With with an RFA. You know, you can, in order to, because uh, you could, a team could go. No, we actually don't want you. We're just going to let you walk into our uh, into restricted free agency. Right, right. And uh, and you have to, you have to go in and you have to say, now we're we're putting an offer sheet, an offer on you, uh, for for the team that he belongs to, um, which I think is a ten percent raise, something like that. Yeah. Now, to me, do you go? Do you go to him and say, look, like obviously. You know, you haven't earned the three million a year that you were making. It's just not that's not happening anymore. So, you know, what if if you could get Andre Burakovsky for two million for the next three years, would you keep him? Yeah, I think so. I As think opposed to bringing having at two and a half, I would still, I might still keep him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's just unwilling to, to sign. Right, and that's the but, thing.
1: Maybe he doesn't want to stay there because he knows he's not going to really. Get top six minutes,
0: yeah. Whereas if if they do, if they do a lot, like say, yeah, I mean, well, you have to offer him a ten percent raise for the one year, and he could just accept that, and then you're paying him more. So yeah, I guess it does make sense to to move him out. I see him moving maybe to a team with that. yeah, you're right. Isn't in the playoffs. Is looking for that opportunity. Probably a bottom of the league, like maybe an Ottawa Senators kind of team where they they could use some players who need a second chance like that's that is the advantage of being in the bottom of the league is that you can offer those second chance type contracts like hey come in one year deal let's prove it to us and see what you can do and maybe he gets an opportunity in an ottawa or la or something like that new jersey who's made a deal before for a guy from washington for sure that's true uh let's let's shift gears and go to the ottawa senators uh, Mark Stone, there's Ryan Dezingle and Matt Duchesne. All their names have been uh, have been tossed around. Of course, we know that Mark Stone, a UFA at the end of the year, as well as Duchesne. And then Ryan Dezingle, also a UFA at the end of the year. A little bit different of a, a UFA than the other two. Obviously, much higher profile in Stone and Duchesne. But it seems as though the Senators will look to uh, to deal Anyone that they can and acquire some assets, since they don't have their first round draft pick, <laughs> that belongs to the Colorado Avalanche. Oh boy! So the Colorado Avalanche are uh, poised to have the first overall pick.
1: Still scares me to think. Bless you. Still star- scares me to think McKinnon and then Jack Hughes right behind him. Like that's just so terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And but that's what that franchise
0: needs too right now. Well, yeah. There's a lot of franchises well, that yeah, need of one of those guys. So. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think happens in
1: Ottawa? Boy, you know what? This is real tough because you hear so often, at least I've heard, Duchesne and Stone's names put together, right? Like, Duchesne really doesn't want to sign there unless he knows Stone's going to be hanging around. And, you know, I think probably Stone is probably feeling the same way, right? Why do I want to hang around if you're not going to have a number one elite center for me to play with, right? Sure. Um, And I don't know if you'd call Duchesne elite, but he's certainly playing
0: like it right now. Um, Boy, maybe that like where you've got superstar and then you have elite. You know, I'd right. put I'd put Dushane into an elite okay. when they're superstar. That's fair. He's that next tier of center. That's you know? fair. Yeah.
1: And I honestly, I, I think the only person out of these three that I could see hanging around might be Ryan Dezingle. Uh, the other two guys I still think are poised to take off because, I mean, let's face it. We haven't had this type of superstar power hitting free agency at this point kind of amount in quite a while. Um, Duchesne, to me, I think if you're moving him, I think a perfect landing spot would be the Winnipeg Jets. Um, They have their first round, second round picks for the next three years. So they have the ability to move those. And I think right now um, where they're at would be a perfect situation for them to just go all in on a guy like duchene to put next to line line a A, on that second line and then you don't have to use brian little as much on that second line if you don't want to um and what i would try to do if if i'm winnipeg i try to to send matthew perot back the other way to clear a little bit of cap space that way too but um a guy who could really i mean he does have a modified no trade clause i think at what submits a list of five teams he can't be traded to so that might hamper that could yeah but Again, I, I think, you know, I think if you can get him to be okay with that, I think that would be perfect for for Winnipeg. Or maybe they hang on to Perot and just try to swing some picks and prospects to get Duchesne back the other way.
0: Okay, what what if, all right, what if you were to trade Jacob Truba and what what package would you need to do to go? We want Duchesne and Stone. Duchene okay. and, and Stone. That would be disgusting, <laughs> and uh, I mean that's that's an extra thirteen and a half million dollars onto the Jets' uh, salary cap. Right now, they have five million, or they have sixteen million in in current space. So they could do it. <laughs> they could they could bring both guys in. So you'd have to trade Jacob Truba, who is an RFA at the end of the year. So there's you know there's that. I mean that's. If you would only do this, if you were able to get guys onto an extension or something, you know, you're not just gonna, yeah. Or maybe you, are, yeah, yeah, because because Ottawa wouldn't. So if you traded Jacob Truba for Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne and included a first round pick, and know, oh, is there a, is there like a a prospect think- that they could possibly be interested in? And then suddenly, yeah, you're taking a little hit on your defensive side, but suddenly you have. You're trading for basically a whole line yeah that's that's going to be that would be real tough to
1: to swing and I think if you do that you you definitely have to get a Brian little or Matthew Perot going back the other way, even though again both of them have no you know modified trade clauses um because you just you won't have the cap space next season to get those guys resigned so I mean, you got to sign line a and Connor but yeah, and oh my gosh, Kyle Connor looks even better than line a right now, which is just disgusting um. So we'll we'll see how that one plays out after this season with re signing. But yeah, I I don't know. To me, I, I think Duchesne is likely for Winnipeg. Stone on the other hand, I, I don't see as much. Um, now a terrifying team that I could see Matt Stone go to because they desperately need a winger that can play top six minutes would be Boston. And Toronto would hate that. Yeah. Uh, that so would many be levels. Rough. <laughs> uh, Cause I mean, honestly, you look at Krejci, right? I if you put a quality top six winger with him, he can he can thrive. And yeah. he plays pretty well, and I mean, he showed that when Bergeron was out for a period of time, that he can still handle playing with superstars. And sure. so, if you can get him someone like that,
0: that would be fantastic for for Boston for sure. All right, or uh, maybe you know, maybe Ottawa trades Mark Stone for Phil Kessel, the Senators. Wow. <laughs> uh, let's go, Carolina Hurricanes, Michael Ferland. Not a, not super complicated, uh not so much you know what they're gonna get for him i I don't think that he you know, he's not gonna fetch more than a third round maybe a pick, second maybe a second round pick uh, for a team that needs to bring in you know that that third line winger who can kill some penalties. Who's that team that's going to be willing to give up a, a mid-grade pick? Yeah, and remember too, this is this is a guy right now, twenty-five points, forty-two
1: games. He's going to be a UFA after the season, so it's it's not an RFA situation where he's gonna um, where he doesn't want to be in, in Carolina because you know I've heard right now that they're having disagreements on contract amounts. So I think any team that takes them has to realize we're probably going to lose them after this season. Uh, to me, the, the number one team, I think that would be a great fit for him because they just lost somebody unfortunately for the rest of the season due to uh, you know, and a substance abuse issue would be the Nashville predators. Uh, I think after losing Austin Watson, yeah. he would be a great fit in terms of being a, a bigger guy who can hit, throw the body around and still put up points and would be, would be good on that third line for them.
0: All right. I like that. You know, uh, Justin Williams is also an industry free agents. For- he doesn't go anywhere. You don't think that he's no. going
1: anywhere? I, I I don't. I think he'll actually re-sign a one-year deal after this season because uh, I, I heard an interview with Rod uh two days ago, and he adores – I mean, they have a relationship when they won the Cup in Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So they've already got that relationship there, and he thinks Justin, He thinks the world of Justin Williams is in terms of a leader in that locker room. Now, Williams is still putting up some decent points. Granted, he's not a top-six
0: guy anymore. Yeah, but as, as Justin Williams, do you think that if, if they said, look, like, hey, we're, you know, we're not making the playoffs – uh, I, I guess they they aren't out. You know they're only three points out of it. So I suppose right now, and they're they're six three and one in their last ten. So right now you're not going to deal either of these guys. But let's say three weeks from now they've now gone five hundred and they're another now they're five points out of the playoffs. Do you go to Justin Williams and go look? There's always a place here for you. But do you want to go to a winning team because his his no trade is a submit a fifteen list yeah. the, of teams you don't want to go
1: to. I mean, you can have that conversation with them, just like I think Detroit's going to have that conversation with Jimmy Howard. Um, but honestly, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, do, let's Now that we're talking Jimmy Howard, let's just talk Jimmy Howard. Let's talk it. Do you think Jimmy Howard's going to go somewhere? Because the the asking price right now, Ken Holland says, is a first-round pick for Still Jimmy He wants that first. Yeah, I... Not, I mean... I wouldn't do it. There's, I don't no. think there's a team in the league that'll give a first-round pick for Jimmy Howard.
1: No, and I think eventually that price comes down a little bit. The one team I think that might that might be willing to give up a second-round pick, um, boy, might be, might be just the Vegas Golden Knights. Honestly, they could desperately use a backup goaltender because down the stretch, I think they want to make sure Fleury gets some rest, but I think maybe as just a courtesy to Howard, you say, hey, you know, we're we're gonna move you just because we want to give you a shot to win another cup, but I <sighs> did he win a cup? He hasn't won a cup. No, he hasn't. No. Did I say another cup? You said another. I cup. did. Okay. I no. Like,
0: he was he there in two thousand eight?
1: No. No. Was, I think he was. I think he was still in the minors at that uh, yeah, time with was. Grand Rapids. So, um, but yeah, I don't. I I don't really see any other team that might that might be willing to give up something for a goaltender right now other than Vegas and maybe maybe St Louis if they you know or if they're in at this point but you know again because I like we talked about trusting Jake Allen is Philadelphia. Just tough.
0: I mean Philadelphia has won six in a row Carter Hart yeah. But no, I think maybe th- they maybe they they look to bring in somebody if they're
1: no, I don't I, to, uh, I don't think so. I think they're content with getting in or out at this point. They're not trying to push. Still anything. nine
0: points out of the playoffs. So that's yeah,
1: I think if they get in, that's great. If they don't, they're
0: totally fine with that at this point. I think because of the change of management, they're they've accepted it. Yeah. Uh, do you think Nicholas Crownwall gets dealt? He can submit a ten team list of player of teams he can be traded to. That'd be a great addition for somebody, and I think. I think he's another guy
1: where you just go to and say, hey, do you, do you want to go? Do you want to go somewhere and try to win another cup? Yeah. Because, I mean, he actually has won a cup, so I got has, that one right. He has so. won a cup, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's another guy where you just say, hey, do you want to go? Yes, no. If he says yes, then I think you can move him because there's a lot of teams right now
0: that would love Honestly, to have him on the bottom pair. Honestly, if, if you are Ken Holland and you say, Nick, I need you to submit a 10-team list to me, and he says, I don't want to go, I'd say... I honestly, you know, you've been great for this organization, but I have to deal you because he's Ken Holland's. His his Achilles' heel is his loyalty. It's why he signed Justin Abdukater to an absurd contract. It's why Darren Helm, exactly, is is still for another two years, paid three point eight five million, and will never score fifteen goals again. (laughs) I mean, it's uh. it's why you have Danny DeKaiser signed for another three years after this year. There's just too many. Jonathan Erickson is still signed for another year after this year. Stop! Don't and, mention that guy's and name he again. He may be the worst defenseman in the National Hockey League. He dealer. might be. So, I mean, there's just been some absurd loyalty. And then the funny thing is, and then you have a good player like Andreas Anthanasiou. And remember, there was all the drama. He, you know, he was a holdout for a minute because they wouldn't give him like. Two and a half million. Yeah, it was like a difference of $700,000. It was ridiculous when <laughs> the guy was like fifth in the league in five-on-five five goals or something like, like just crazy. So it's the loyalty factor that, that has killed this team in a lot of ways and has set them up for cap hell. And so can you, as Ken Holland, can you go, I need to be a man here – And run a business for a moment and go, Nicholas Cronwall has been great for our organization, but we need to deal him because we could get a second round pick. That second round pick could turn into, I mean, think about Alex DeBrinkett was a second round pick. You know, there's there's lots of players who go later than the second round that end up being... Very impactful players in that franchise. I don't know why I just randomly thought of Alex Schrunk, but that's impressive though. Travis Dermott was the second round pick. There you go. I mean, there's these players that are having impacts on their on their team, and uh, they're they're players that the Red Wings need right now. And so, if Nicholas Cronwell wants to come back, you say, "Hey, there's always a spot here for you." Just like Justin Williams, hey, there's always a spot yeah. here for you. But Let's we need to get some assets for you because we aren't in a position to where we can hang on to you. It's not it's not worth it to anybody. Go on a run. Like go have fun. Go Go make the playoffs one last time because chances are let's say he comes back and he signs a one year deal in Detroit, which I don't see happening. I think he'll retire after this year. Yeah, um, probably. But Let's say he came back and said, you know, I'd like to play one more year in Detroit. Yeah, OK. One year at two million, two and a half million. Fine. Uh, but. I think you deal him. You've got to deal Nyquist. You've got to if Vanek is willing to go anywhere, (laughs) you deal Vanek. uh, What do you think of Nyquist? Yeah, he's he's an interesting case because I think he could
1: probably out of anybody the Wings have right now, he could get you your best return. I think he's he's almost. I mean, he's pretty dang close to a point per game pace right now. Granted, it's mostly all assists, but still, it's it's pretty impressive. And you put him with uh, you know another winger or a center who can score some goals and you got you got yourself a pretty dang good playmaker um and again back to ken holland i think he's looking over his shoulder right now so he needs to to deal some of these guys because steve eiserman's you know they're everybody's thinking he's coming in so you know kenny holland's like i gotta prove that i'm still the capable gm that you know i once was i'll tell
0: you i'll tell you exactly what the red wings need to do please with gustav nyquist it is to call his former assistant general manager mr neil jim Nil. In Dallas, and I I think that uh, I mean there there may be even a way to where not only do they trade Nyquist, they also trade Jimmy Howard at the same time. Now they they have Ben Bishop, Anton. Uh, there, maybe he's not maybe, going maybe, to yeah, maybe to Dallas, not. but that yeah, was a it was it was it was a dream in my head for a moment <laughs> because in my head I was thinking that. Uh, it was their backup goalie last year. Uh, oh, gosh. Terrible backup goalie last year. I, for, I forgot that they had Antoine uh, oh Okay, but anyways, Nyquist would be a nice fit. Uh, he's He is an unrestricted free agent, so you don't have any commitment beyond this year. Uh, but they're, you know, I think that this is a team that needs to do something in the playoffs. Not just make the playoffs; they need to do something in the playoffs. And yeah. so, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that you could deal for uh, for a Nyquist. You can also just trade. I I wouldn't trade a first round pick. For Nyquist, but I think a second round pick would be fair. A second round pick and a prospect, second and a third, I think coming back would be cool. Yeah, a second or a second and a fourth, you know. Those. And honestly,
1: with Dallas, I think because, like you said, they they've got Spetz's money coming off the books. Um, and granted, you know, Tyler Sagan's getting a little bit of a bump. I think like four million dollars ish of a bump. But I think long term, even Nyquist could be a good fit for them over the next three four years. So you know maybe you make one of those that second round pick a conditional that says hey if he re-signs it's a first yeah we could do so, that yeah.
0: i i i think one one player that i i've always been pretty high on is adam Massarin, who was the florida panthers prospect mm-hmm. and then the dallas stars drafted him last year and signed him he's doing very well in the AHL uh he's got 29 points in 44 games so he's he's playing at a good clip in the AHL uh, i think that you bring him over; he's a guy who maybe could eventually play in your top nine, okay, as a scoring winger. And then you know, if you can get a third or a second round pick, so be it. So I think there's there's some good options there, and the fact that Holland and Howard or uh, Holland and Nil have a good yeah. relationship, uh, that's that's always just a bonus. Uh, let's talk Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is probably the last really big player. Uh, on this list of, of potential free agents, uh, where do you think he
1: ends up? Boy, this is another guy too I could see fitting in Boston quite well. Uh, he plays that rough style that people in Boston love, um, and again, he still he's he still has top six potential right now at this age. Now, granted, maybe you know in a couple of years, I think the way he plays the game, he's going to start slowing down. But yeah. I think right now he's still suitable in a top six role and Boston, like I said, could really use one and, and I think right now too, Philadelphia, um, you know, with Simmons, I, I don't think the asking price would be that high. I think you could get away with a third and a prospect, a second round pick maybe oh. for a guy like him. You think so? I do, I do. I think he a I think third he and Nyquist round pick for he and Nyquist right now, I think to me, are right along the
0: same level in terms of asking prices. Hmm. Yeah, right now Wayne Simmons, fifteen goals, eight assists. Uh, Obviously, not putting up a lot of assists, but he's—I mean, fifteen goals is solid for this point in the season. He probably will end up with twenty-five, which uh, you know, twenty-five to thirty goals is no slouch. No, in this league, I think Nyquist just scored his twelfth goal last night. Yeah, he's not a goal scorer. Let's be honest. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're probably right. The difference to me is that Wayne Simmons makes more of an impact because of the way he plays the game like he's more noticeable sure Uh, i think that nyquist is a nice secondary player Uh, you need simmons to be paired with another good player for him to be effective i don't think he's a guy that's going to drive a line by any means Uh, but i do think that simmons could maybe fetch that first round pick assuming that it's a team, you know, they're going to talk to him and go, you know, would you have interest, truly interest in signing here um, beyond this year? And I think, again, that is – it's a good point with the conditional picks. I don't think anyone should trade a first-round pick for a player who's just going to leave at the end of the year. But if they – but it is an opportunity to bring that player in and show them what it's like to be a member of said team. So I don't think that it's, it's unfair – to go, well, yeah, I mean, we want a second round pick, but, or a third round pick, and that becomes a second, or the second becomes a first, or whatever it is, if he resigns, because essentially you've given that team the advantage to sign him, right? So uh, I think that really teams should just go to that all the time. Anytime it's a rental, you should never give up a first round pick. Just make it a conditional based on whether he resigns with you. I mean, I, there aren't too many rentals that work out where you give up a first-round pick and you end up winning the Cup. Yeah, that's true. There are very few that I can think of where it actually worked out. I I think you'd say, I know the Penguins, when they acquired Marion Hossa from the Atlanta Thrashers in 2008 at the deadline, uh, they gave up a first-round pick. And they ended up going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, they lost. Um, and then Hosa goes to the Red Wings, and then they lose. he loses again. <laughs> but no worries. He ends up winning three Stanley Cups with Chicago. So it ended up being fine. Uh, I think he went to three Stanley Cup finals in a row with yeah, three different did. teams. I think he was think the so. first player ever to do that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just I think that it's, it's unwise to give up a first-round pick. It's almost unwise to give up a second-round pick because of how valuable those second-round picks are. Uh, but we also have to re- consider... The Leafs gave up a first-round pick for Jake Muzzin. However, Muzzin has an extra year left on his deal, but that is still a high price to pay for one, you know, one player. win that first-round pick, I mean, we've seen late first-round picks turn into franchise-style players. I mean, Claude Giroux was a I think twenty-fourth overall pick. So there, there's some pretty darn good players late in the draft that slipped through. But um, anything left on on Wayne Simmons? Do you want to? No, throw I'm over it. it? Uh, Edmonton Oilers, Cam Talbot, Jesse Poyarvi, Kyler Yamamoto—all these names have been thrown out there as players who may move to bring in some some infusion. Do you do you think Talbot is is gone? I know there's been talks about re signing him. Yeah, too. I heard that. I <sighs> kind of having a one-two punch with. Uh, with the the backup goaltender there so yeah i'm okay if you want to resign him
1: but i think you can't give him more than like two million dollars yeah i uh, think maybe maybe a jonathan bernier type of deal a three for three sure yeah yeah that could work out because i mean he's shown he can be productive and he has flashes i i think you know it's not completely his fault that his numbers have, have really dipped but it is i think 50 50 honestly the team in front of him and him but um yeah, I I I think if you're if you're Edmonton, right, you're st- unfortunately you're still in the thick of themes because no team in the West apparently wants to grab a hold of a playoff spot and run with it. For some reason, Anaheim decided to lose eighteen hundred games in a row, but still managed to grasp hold of a playoff spot. Yes. I I yes. don't know how they're still a bubble team, but. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're Edmonton, you you try to make some deals, you try to get maybe some prospects back if you can, or some picks, so that maybe in the next year or two you can find a guy who can play with
0: Connor McDavid. Here's my thing: you traded Taylor Hall because, well, yeah, I know this is a previous regime now. Now that uh, right, now that we've we've brought in some more, hopefully, more competent. Yeah, they need to go out and get Mister Hextall to run this franchise. To, to me, yeah, that's that's a great point. To me, you you've given up on too many players. Don't give up on Jesse Play RV. Okay. Don't give up on Kyler Yamamoto. Don't bring in veterans. Don't do any of those stupid things because that's how you destroy your franchise. And you look back eight years from then, and you go, "Oh well, if we just kept Taylor Hall, maybe we'd we'd probably be a pretty damn good team." And that's you know they, they've just made mistake after mistake, and it's it's been. Over the last fifteen years, they've made mistake after mistake, and rushed players and and given up on players. And it's just it's time to just let that go. Other teams don't just go and trade the players that they took third overall or fourth overall. You, you hang on to that guy. I, I look at Buffalo with Sam Reinhart. I think of Calgary with Sam Bennett. Same draft year. That both those guys were players that. A lot of people were saying, trade this guy, trade this guy. I mean, he's just not turning, he's not working out. Like we expected so much of him. He was taking third overall, he's taking second overall, and he's garbage. And you know, Sam Bennett, should he have been taking third overall? No. But the flames go we need to hang on to this guy because he's he's still a good piece. And Sam Bennett has really developed into a nice third line center for that team. And you need high-end talent on your third line. I mean, you think of the the top teams across the league, and you go, "All right, yeah." I mean, you you definitely you need center depth. You can't just have one or two good centers. You need you need three. Uh, with uh, with in terms of Reinhardt, I mean, that guy now he's almost he's playing. At, he's got what forty forty points in fifty games kind of thing. Like he's he's right there, and so. I think that it's a mistake to give up on on these young players. You drafted them for a reason. Now, maybe hit the reset button in some development for him, but don't just give up on him.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. The more and more, you, more and more you talk about it, the more and more I, I completely agree with it because, again, a lot of people forget that these kids, Pugliarvi and um, Yamamoto, they're only 20 years old. So they still got plenty of years left to develop, yes. right?
0: 20 freaking years old.
1: Yeah, right. So, I mean, people are already pulling the plug on him already in Edmonton. And I get it, right? You have the best player in the world, if not the second best player, depending on how you feel about Crosby versus McDavid. But, yeah. like, you're ready to win now just because you have this one guy, right? And it's Pittsburgh. When they got... Sidney Crosby, they were they were still patient,
0: right? They still had to go out and, and draft other guys and bring another talent. They I mean, were in the Stanley Cup Finals four years later, right? Well, well I mean, he was drafted in two thousand five and two thousand eight, they were in the finals, right? Well, I mean, but you they did also, get
1: Flurry Malkin, right? right. You right. draft these elite guys with them, but again, I think because McDavid. Is so good, right? You just you expect results now, and I think that's why they maybe rushed to sign a guy like Milan Lucic and traded away a guy like Taylor Hall because they were like, "We need to hit the reset button. We need to win now," kind of thing. And it I'm just didn't pan just out. They just didn't sign Lucic and kept Hall. That would have been great. Yeah, it really would have, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I. So I, I'm with you there. If they they hang on to these pieces, be patient. You know, who knows? Maybe they bring back Everly because next year they have, I think, roughly eight million dollars in cap space to to work with. And um, granted, you do have a couple you know guys you have to sign maybe you maybe you deal a guy like alex chase on or um you know maybe you find a way to move out you know kevin gravel or something to a team that needs a depth defenseman but for the most part i'm, I'm with you hang on to these guys
0: all right well let's uh we're gonna let that be the uh the trade deadline show part one part one because we have a lot more names to talk about there are there and are. uh and we have a lot more shows to do so uh we're, we'll continue with uh We'll go Justin Falk and Matt Zuccarello, a uh, Jakob Silverberg, Phil Kessel, even on the on the chopping block potentially. Of course, Kevin Hayes, and we'll we'll let you know where we think all these guys are going to go and more. Uh, let us know what you thought. You can hit us up at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter. And Justin, any any parting words before we take off into the rest of our Saturday.
1: Um, heal up. Who yeah. do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm a Patriots fan. Anybody knows me. I'm a big U of M guy, football, so Tom Brady. And a funny little story. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I think this might be something that our our couple listeners might enjoy, right? Um, growing up, I had a friend of mine that was the biggest Drew Bledsoe fan, right? Uh-huh. I hated Drew Bledsoe because of it. And me being a huge Michigan fan, when I found out that Tom Brady was going to take over for an injured Drew Bledsoe, I was like, man, I hope this guy pans out well. I'm going to be the biggest Tom Brady fan if he does, because I never want to see Drew Bledsoe's face again, just because I got sick of hearing my friend talk about him. And what do you know? Worked out quite well. So I have loved Tom Brady ever since for those reasons alone. All right.
0: Interesting you didn't love him when he was on U of M.
1: No, even though he, (laughs) he was... You know what? I was i honestly didn't really have an opinion because unfortunately what's his face lloyd Carr Do,
0: kept like starting him and then Do he would henson not Henson was there at the same time yeah, right? yeah he
1: would start him and then he'd be like oh well he's not our starter and then start henson and it just like i'd never got enough of him to really form an opinion I it guess is, it is
0: crazy that the maybe the greatest quarterback of all time barely played in college right <laughs> Was not a good college quarterback. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean that's Hey, it works out that way too, where guys are fantastic college college guys and just can't grasp the yep. pro level. So yep,
0: yep. It's 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 just no exact science, right? So, all right. Well, with that, we hope you guys have a, a great weekend. We'll see, talk to you guys earlier in the week.